the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com. WrestleVille. It's where wrestling lives. PWZ Podcast. With Rick Del Santo. For all your wrestling reviews, interviews, and news, Rick covers the United Wrestling Network, the NWA, and the Northeast region of the United States Independence. PWC, 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 keeps you in the zone. This is Public Enemy Number One, Eric Dillinger, and you're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and today's guest is Eric Dillinger, professional wrestling out of the state of Indiana, wrestling for four years now. How you doing, Eric? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, man. Happy holidays. Hey, happy holidays to you, too. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. How are things going? Hey, not bad, man. Um, just coming off of a pretty big... New Wave Pro match, a couple, what, towards the end of November, but using the holidays to rest up, which I could use on my body, man. It's been a tough year. Talk to us a little bit about your career. Give us a, a brief background of, you know, when you started, where you wrestle, what kind of style you wrestle in, for those who may not be familiar with your work. Hey, yeah, no problem, man. Um, so technically, I graduated uh, from the School of Rock, which is a, it was a wrestling school ran by the king of indiana himself billy rock in 2013 uh i kind of jumbled back and forth between wrestling and mma so i mma fought for a few years there man went four and one in the cage but went full-time with wrestling because it is my first love and things just really took off from there man so after that i kind of dabbled in all kinds of different things i like testing myself so I tried out some death matches, which was a whole other world and a whole other rocket ship in and of itself. So now, man, that's kind of my style. It's just hard hitting, ready to kick ass. That's what I like to do. So that's the kind of matches I like to have. You know, let's let's kind of stay there a little bit. I'm kind of curious about the death matches. They've been around for forever, right? But you would, you know, I've kind of seen um, the popularity of them. Uh, grow over the last few years, the last year. Uh, I think, uh, from the dark side of the ring, having Nick, Nick Gage on there, I think that helped yep. with the popularity of that style of match. What, I guess, when was the first time that you were introduced to that kind of wrestling? Whew. So, man, I used to, and it's really funny, but I contribute a lot of different things. So one is, I was what I call fortunate enough to grow up in the jackass era where, um, I don't know if you know about that show, but it was just kind of crazy stunts. I think we all know it was real famous. And I mean, growing up, that's kind of what me and my buddies did. So from there, it developed into, there was a backyard wrestling DVD series that came out. And, uh, I still specifically remember, uh, just going over to our buddy's house and thinking how crazy it was to see some of the jumping off of like the roof through like the light tubes and things of that nature. And then, I don't know, as I progressed and got more into indie wrestling, 
uh, like when Ring of Honor was coming around. I don't know. I was always like a main TV guy. You know, I think we all are growing up starting out. And then once you kind of develop and dive into finding out that there's more styles of wrestling out there, I don't know. That's when you find out about Cactus Jack and Terry Funk and Japan and things like that, man. So it was kind of a slow build, but I mean, there's a lot of different factors. Yeah, even when I was watching stuff like, you know, McFoley and his tack matches, you know, I can't, you know, when I, I saw him and Terry Gordy in a tack match once, I couldn't believe that I saw these guys pouring tacks all over the floor, you know. And, uh, and, you know, and then I saw ECW and saw those guys jumping off the balcony and stuff. And, yep. I, you know, it, it just seemed, you know, ECW to me was, wow, that's pretty extreme, right? I mean, when you see these matches with the light tubes, I don't know. I have a really hard time kind of with that. It's hard, it's hard for, for me to watch the light tubes. I think for some people there's there is kind of a also a morbid curiosity about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's kind of what the attraction is, man, is when you see it, you can almost like imagine what the person's going through and taking it. So I do think it's an evolution of what we used to watch in ECW. It's kind of a next level, which is a scary thought because then you start to wonder what's next, you know? Right. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely, man. And even now, like, I could go into the weeds on this one too, but it's a subject that I like to, this is why I love professional wrestling. So to me, deathmatch is a form of wrestling that's an art form in a way, which is sick, but there's just something about it, man. And there's something about the crowd reactions and the same thing what you brought up with ECW, what set it apart was that rabid feeling you got. And you almost got this like underground, like you were a part of something when you watched it. And I still feel that way. Even if I came in late in the deathmatch, when I came into a locker room, it was a different environment than some of the other locker rooms I went, but it's like a brotherhood. It's hard to explain, man. So maybe it's like that cult following, if that makes sense. When you're preparing for a match like this, is it, I don't know, is it kind of like a grab bag of things, or is it kind of like you kind of know what you're in for? You know, you know there's going to be so many light tubes, or you know there's going to be glass, or you know there's going to be... What are some of the different kind of items that could be in a match like that? So, man, some of the things that I've been involved with, I mean, the light tubes, obviously. And, man, sometimes they make these contraptions with these light tubes using different, oh, man, the structures of stuff. Like, you know, then I made, like, light tube pyramids I've used. Um, man, like, speaking of thumbtacks, me and Bam Sullivan, I was at the Southern Sickness Cups for pro wrestling train wreck. And um, we did 10,000 thumbtacks. And... Man, there was this one weapon I'll never forget because it was kind of my first time experiencing thumbtacks. It was a thumbtack bat where there was thumbtacks glued basically to a plastic bat. And I'll never get, forget just getting hit in the head with that for the first time. It is something I cannot describe until it happens to you type thing. But it was a different kind of rush, man. But um, I think that's another part of the world of deathmatches. You see some new weapon that's insane or something crazy that was put together every match. So the ones like, like I said, glass big, uh, the thumbtacks, just the chairs. I mean, just whatever you name it, I'm sure it's been brought into a match, man. <laughs> what do you think that the worst injury you've sustained in a match like this? 
Um, so I've got a couple. It just depends, I guess, what your taste of worst is. Because, I mean, I've had, I've got the cuts. I've got the scars. Not nearly as bad as some of the guys that have had them. Um, but I've had my gashes. But, like, there's one now when they, I was doing a frog splash onto a big pile of chairs. And I dislocated my middle finger. And I had to re- reset it and replace it. And it's actually, if you look at it now, it is permanently, um, it looks swollen and dislocated to this day. And that was two years ago or a year and a half ago. So, you know what I mean? That one's kind of nagging with me and is kind of long lasting. So I guess that one might be the worst other than you. Like I said, I've had some pretty, I've got one on my shoulder that was currently healing after um, I did a no ring death match with Akira, which is a whole other element without a ring. Um, at a bar up in Detroit, and I had a pretty good gash on my shoulder that's still healing up. So, wow. And so, I would assume that you're being hospitalized for some of these things. You're going to the emergency room, or you've got like um, a medic in the ambulance. I mean, how how are you guys taking care of this? I mean, there's uh, usually uh, someone that's medic or qualified there, and that's kind of how it is. Like I said, I've, I've been fortunate enough to not have anything too, too major. Um, like even the finger thing, I I think it's kind of a sense of pride for us deathmatch guys. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I know for myself um, that, you know, you kind of wear that as like a badge of honor. So, I mean, if it's not too bad, and I, I mean, I don't want to cut the hell. Growing up, I, that's kind of how I was raised. I mean, if it ain't broken – put some dirt on it and you kind of walk it off you know what i mean so i mean call us crazy but some of these i mean are worse than others maybe glue it up maybe it's a killer scar and a cool story but you kind of keep on keeping on man i guess before you go into these these matches i mean is there a is there a waiver or (laughs) yeah absolutely right yeah (laughs) yeah usually there's paperwork or whatever involved beforehand um I mean, I've been wrestling with some of these companies for a while now, so that's usually something hammered out long before you ever kind of step foot in there type thing. You know what I mean? So there's got to be, like, a certain type of fan, right? I mean, this, this isn't this isn't a type of wrestling for everybody. This is, this is like a following kind of thing like you've – like you kind of uh, related to with ECW, right? Absolutely, man. I mean, I kind of attribute it to, like, movies, you know what I mean, where, like, you've got your blockbusters, your big, like, Hollywood blockbusters, so you've got your stuff you know on TV, and then you've got these other genres and stuff like horror and things of like that that have, like, their niche fans. Like, some people don't like horror movies, but other people are obsessed with them. So I kind of look at it that way, you know what I mean, man? So it's definitely its own niche, and like I said, it can be a rabid crowd, but I'll tell you what, when you earn their respect, there's nothing like it, you know? Have you been around some guys that that wrestle this style too that maybe have suffered some kind of an injury where they they don't do this style anymore? Is this a short shelf life so to speak? I mean, is this something that you're not doing for a long period of time? Some of these guys are. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I think it just depends what you're what you're looking to get out of it, man. For me, um like I said, I I'm really big on uh, I call it, like I like the, the whole hybrid thing. This isn't deathmatch thing. It, it, this year was my first death matches, but I did quite a few and I fell in love. And like I said, I, I accelerated rather quickly. So, um, but I also have other ambitions too, man. But like, like I think that too. There's some nights where 
some of these tournaments, man, some of these guys are wrestling three or four times a night doing some of the craziest match stipulations you can think of. So to me, <laughs> I don't know what's qualified as tough or, or how long it can last, but I would like to think that someone couldn't do this 24-7, but then there's guys up there proving me wrong right now. So, I mean, it just whatever. You, sometimes um, pushing yourself past your limits can be a crazy thing. You know what I mean? So someone like me, I, I, I'm still feeling, feeling it out and trying to, to work out what's best for my schedule. But like I said, man, I wrestled John Wayne Murdoch in one of my the best matches of my career, and it was insane, glass everywhere type thing. and after seeing and that was I think I was his second match of the night. So he had another one after me. It's just incredible what some of these guys can do. So I don't know, man. I don't want to give you a, a for sure answer because I don't want to say one thing. And like I said, some of these guys are proving me wrong as we speak. So he's been doing it for quite some time. John has. Yeah, yeah, he has been doing it for a while. And I think even this year he did an Iron Man like 60 minute death match, which take that for. Take that in for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's got to hurt, right? I mean. Oh, oh absolutely. Like I said, there was, like, it's, it's something you can't describe, too, because I'll tell you what, adrenaline's a hell of a drug as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but what about, like, the, the, the pain tolerance on some of these guys, too? I mean, they've got to be wired a little little different. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I don't have to – again, you can just – log in online and see some of the clips of kind of going back to our conversation of what's next, man. I've seen people coming off of 20 foot scaffolds under nothing. It's insane. Some of the stuff that, and then, you know what I mean? They're still working right now. So like you said, I think there's definitely a passion behind it and some sort of something to prove, I guess, you know what I mean? You're just trying to see, it's almost like I said, a badge of honor to see how far you can push the limits. I guess, what do you say to like the, the naysayers or the critics? Because, there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that barbed wire should be in a wrestling match. And, you know, they've had plenty of barbed wire matches, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, you say to the critics, I suppose? Yeah, no, man. I mean, I think that's a fair question. Um, and the way I look at it too is again, where I say just like anything, I think there's good and bad of whatever it is. So, there's good and bad wrestling out there. There's good and bad death matches out there. Uh, something I pride on whenever I step in the ring for a death match is to still tell the story of, of what we love about professional wrestling. So just because there's glass and things involved, I still would rather use that as a tool to build onto the match and not just have it in there for the sake of danger, if that makes sense what I'm trying to say. So, you know what I mean? That's just something I really pride on in my matches is like still using it as a tool to, to help the viewer to, to make them to feel something, to feel the emotion in the match. Like I said, to build to something. Whereas I, I get it. There are some of these matches where it's just like, Oh, Hey, they're just breaking that over each other's heads. And to that, I say give, give a look up a good match or maybe listen to some of the people that are out there that have talked about some of the better death matches and give those a watch because. I think some of it was done right with the perfect amount of storytelling and I mean the crazy bumps just add to it. So when you get all that, it's a perfect culmination. I think you'd be surprised how great a match can be, you know? You mentioned John Wayne Murdoch. Who are a couple other uh, wrestlers that do that style in, in the areas that you wrestle? Man, I'll tell you a couple of uh, amazing ones. And I've had 
matches wisdom a little bit, but I would love to, I mean, look, on the depth I've seen too, someone up in, like Kevin Giza, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, he's done some ICW and like no holds barred stuff, but just kind of going back to what I'm saying, just adding in the, the high flying into the deathmatch style is amazing. I mean, you've got your Dale Patrick. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dale Patrick, but another guy who's put his body on the line. I mean, like you said, Mickey Knuckles is a big one right now who I've actually shared a locker room with and that girl is as tough as they come. Um, man, I could probably Josh Crane was actually one of my first death matches and he's, I, he's been to Japan. He's done a couple trips, I believe. And, uh, He's another guy that just kind of keeps pushing the limits or you'll see some insane, some insane clip online and you're getting, you're like, man, what is next? So I don't know. There's just a few names off the top of my head as I sit here and rattle, but I've been fortunate enough to share the locker room with a lot of these guys and they're all tough as hell. And the number of promotions out there that in your area, the Midwest that, that do these kind of shows, how, how many do you think there are? Maybe at the moment, I don't know if maybe it's the exposure it's gotten or the more conversations that are being had about it, but I've definitely seen more promotions kind of pop up or become more of a name here within the last year. You know what I mean? So uh, one that I won, uh, won their Revolutionary Championship was uh, AWR. That's out of Indianapolis, and they're kind of coming up. I've worked with IWA, which is still IWA, man, you know what I mean? Working with Ian Rotten and those guys. So they've got the reputation and that kind of insane matches that they've had there. And like I said, slowly though, you've got like RPW up north. Um, I know there's an ICW in Milwaukee. So I feel like they're kind of all over the place right now, but it just keeps continuing to get more popular. Yeah. And, and is it, is it common to do one of these every weekend or, is this something that you do, you know, a couple times a month or, I mean, I can't see somebody doing a lot of these in a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I just kind of go with what I'm feeling. Um, when the opportunity approaches, I either kind of go with what my body's feeling. Um, I could probably do one every other week or so, or maybe even every week. I just, this depends, man. Um, some months are busier than others, but, I do kind of see what you're getting at. Like, and I, I, I do take care of my body really well, so I, I try to space them out better on my end. But man, you got to remember, like I said, some of these guys are going every weekend and more than once, you know. So some of these tournaments are, like I said, insane. So I don't know. For me, I do try to space mine out a little bit better. It just depends on what are the bookings I have at the time. But um, just keep in mind, man, there are people out there that are doing it every, every, like I said, a couple times a weekend you know the most obvious thing is it's got to be hard on the body and then if you get an open wound i mean you get something with stitches in it so you know you you gotta you gotta be mindful of infection and stuff like that so i just you know i mean because i don't know how these guys can't get cut that's right man (laughs) i I don't either. I'm being honest with you. It, just, it happens every single match. I'm pretty positive. So I just think it's honestly more of a go trust yourself and know your body. And I've, I've had seen people being told that they can't go or move on. And that was kind of a situation where I was in. Um, Kevin Giza got injured on his arm. Uh, pretty good gash in against Dale Patrick at um, King of the Death match versus uh, Pro Wrestling Trainer X. And that's actually how I filled in. 
and took on John Wade and Murdoch in the semifinals because he was he was cut pretty bad, and I was actually sitting there, and I mean, he he went and got immediate hospital attention and things of that nature. So it does happen, you know. And going back to the light tubes, um, you know, my understanding is they're made out of fiberglass, right? Oh yeah. So, I mean, you you feel that stuff for, right? I mean, it's just okay. not like you get glass on yourself. I mean, you could feel that for days later, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you're kind of finding small pieces later on, which is, I mean, just kind of comes with the business, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's a feeling you can't really describe it until it happens, man. But, yeah, you will be, man. You could be picking out a piece. Maybe a few days later, even. It's kind of funny when that happens. And your spouse, what does he think about this kind of style? I, like I said, I, I actually just got married, so there is that. Um, so, but I, she's a little more understanding after she trusts me. And again, going off of she knows how I take care of my body and how, I mean, this is a profession to me, so I do take it very serious, you know. Um, so I think she knows that, but I will say this. Every time I come home and if I'm covered in blood or have a new cut or whatever it might be, uh, I just get called an idiot and get asked if I'm okay. So I think <laughs> I think I can speak for a lot of husbands if they are deathmatch wrestlers. I'm sure it's the same. Okay. Where can, where can fans find you on social media, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am on all platforms. You can look up just on Facebook, Eric Dillinger. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Eric Dillinger5, and then my Instagram is under just my shoe name, Eric underscore 2008, or Eric E. Young 2008 is actually my Instagram, so there's that. All right. Well, hey, thank you very much for coming on the show. I sure do appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas in his book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich. You'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book on Amazon. Ring the bell. Listen to J.D., Barris, and Logan talk about wrestling news, reviews, in-depth conversations, and interviews. The podcast that we want to hear, and you will to ring the bell radio. We call it in the ring. Tune in to the Wrestler Weekly Podcast with Mike Leotis. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast. Mike digs into interesting wrestling topics and conversations. The 2022 season starts in January with guests like Austin Idol, Nick Aldis, John Arezzi, and George Napolitano. Find Wrestler Weekly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. The Wrestler Weekly Podcast.